This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. The diagnostic Odyssey rare disease patients face can be long and daunting. Centigene is trying to help these patients find answers more quickly through its genetic diagnostics. The company has been focused on getting beyond the noise generated by the rapid increase in the volume of data to get accurate understanding of a patient's genetic and helping doctors obtain actionable information. Strengthened with a recent $28 million financing, the company is expanding its presence in the United States. We spoke to Arndt Rolfs, CEO of Centigene about the company's genetic diagnostic services, its expansion plans, and the competitive advantage it believes it holds in its proprietary data. All right, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, thank you. We're going to talk about genetic testing for rare diseases, Centigene, and its recent expansion. Let's start with the company itself. For people who aren't familiar with Centigene, what is it? Who are its customers, and how does it work? Yeah, thank you. A very important question. Centigene started uh, roughly 10 years ago, understanding that it's so important to diagnose patients suffering from a rare genetic disorder much more earlier. Majority of those patients have typically a diagnostic odyssey, as we call it. So they are running from doctor to doctor, waiting 10 to 20 years before a doctor might even think on the possibility that that patient might suffer from a rare genetic disorder. And if the doctor thinks about, yes, it could be a rare genetic disorder, then typically the doctor has not any idea or any clue who to ask, whom to contact, and where to get really the genetic testing. That's exactly the market and the challenge and the need where Centrogen started the 10 years ago. This is a rare disease topic we are talking about. Therefore, it's very clear we could not focus from the beginning on, on, let's say, Germany or Europe. That was immediately resulting in a global, worldwide activity of the company. That's the reason why we are active in the meanwhile in more than 110 countries, and the majority in the Middle East area, in Latin America, North America, Europe, and also Asia. We're in a period of rapid evolution of our understanding of the human genome and the relationship between genotype and phenotype and what specific mutations may mean for patients. How do you see the role of testing changing the way we may view and, and understand rare diseases? Yeah, that's really excellent. Um, let me quickly explain uh, the situation where we are actually in the testing environment. Uh, majority of the people might be overwhelmed or fascinated still by the topic how easy we can actually do whole genome or whole exome sequencing. 
Um, in the meanwhile, we can do the genome in less than three days. The costs for the genome are less than 1,000 US dollars. And within the next five to 10 years, most likely the costs are even going down to less than $100 per genome. That means the generation of the genetic sequencing data is getting easier and easier. It's getting commodity. But what's still really a challenge is to properly interpret the data. And this is especially the case in the so-called non-Caucasian population. You may, may know that the population living in Europe and the U.S. are typically labeled as the Caucasians, but there are plenty of different ethnicities. And this is so important to understand because we are getting aware that the interpretation of the genetic data you can generate so very easily is always depending on the ethnicity or the ethnic in the background. So plenty of examples where we can demonstrate that a specific mutation might increase the risk to develop breast cancer, just as an example, in one population, the same mutation in a different population might be without any biological or material consequence. So genetic testing means in our days, on the one side, to improve, to improve significantly the understanding of the biological material consequence, which means the interpretation, and on the other side, getting a more broader insight based on the differences in the different ethnicities. I, I think patients assume that genetic testing is, is about science, not art, that I should get the same result no matter where I go to have a test performed. How much of genetic testing today depends on interpretation? Well, interpretation is in a given way a combination in nowadays of science and art. I like that phrase, science, because uh, the more patients you have diagnosed demonstrating the same symptoms based on the same mutation in the same gene, the easier it is in the future to predict not only the next patient demonstrating exactly the same constellation, but also to be more precise in the sense of predicting the progress, predicting the overall prognosis, something we can label as genotype-phenotype correlation. But let's be aware, we know actually just one position within the genome out of 10,000 regarding the biological consequence. So in the overall majority, and this means 9,999 positions within the genome out of the 10,000, we have actually not any clue, not any idea what is the consequence if we are able to identify a mutation in this group of the 9,999. So you can only take either indirect parameters, which means, for example, theoretical prediction programs. All of these theoretical prediction programs, they have their limitation. The sensitivity is the max of about 80%, so you have always the risk to be on the wrong side. Or you can overexpress the individual mutation or variant in a laboratory test system. For example, overexpressing in specific in vitro cell lines and then checking what is the readout, what is the functional consequence. Or what might be typically the best solution, you might identify more patients demonstrating exactly the same phenotype, exactly the same genotype, and based on the increase of the numbers, you might increase your understanding and shifting more from the art to the science. But still, we are at the very beginning of that journey, and therefore the interpretation is one of the most challenging stories to come back with a proper diagnosis for the individual patient. The, you mentioned the diagnostic odyssey a few moments ago. This can be very long and costly. 
uh, genetic testing can provide a rapid path to an answer, particularly in the case of diseases where, where better outcomes are tied to an early diagnosis. Payers, though, still represent a, a significant barrier to getting tests. How much of an issue is that, and, and how do you see that environment evolving? Yeah, you're addressing two super important topics in the entire story, actually, of genetic testing and ideally bringing those patients that have been diagnosed probably on the adequate treatment. Let's start with the genetic testing topic. One of the challenges, again, results on the, uh, uh, as a consequence of the limitation of our understanding the proper interpretation. So we can easily describe whether there is a variant or mutation within the genome, but in the overall majority, again, you don't have any clue what is the consequence for the patient. So you are spending money in the genetic testing, but this is not typically changing in any way the treatment of the patient or bringing the patient closer to the understanding why I'm suffering from a specific disorder. That's also based on the, fa on, on, the, on, on the situation that the majority of the laboratories offering genetic testing might do this on a really very excellent level, but they have small numbers of patients they are diagnosing suffering from rare disease. So the big size of patients you are diagnosing makes the big difference, because the more patients you are diagnosing, the higher is the level of the credibility and also the sensitivity of the genetic test. Therefore, payers are disappointed that they are paying for the genetic testing, but the test itself is not changing the decision or the medical consequence for the individual patient. That's one of the challenges. The second challenge is once you have diagnosed the patient, then for sure the payers are asking, is this now the situation where we should start with the treatment of the patient? Is the patient already suffering so intensively that we should pay for 100,000, 200,000, 600,000 US dollars per year as a lifelong treatment? So what we are missing, once the patient has been properly diagnosed, to have a rational instrument or a parameter that tells you, now I should start, or I can still wait, uh, wait even though the patient has been properly diagnosed. So these both challenges are definitely frustrating the payers. Therefore, we need more rationality on the interpretation or in the indication when to start a treatment. People tend to think of genetic testing in a rather generic way. Uh, there's actually a wide range of things that fall under the term genetic testing. Recently, Centigene made a, a move from single gene and panel tests to whole genome sequencing. Why the change and what will that do for you? Yeah, for Centrogene, it's not really a, a significant change because whatever we are doing is always the dialogue with the doctor. So what we are not offering is, for example, wellness or general health genetic testing where we might be able to calculate a risk, for example, to develop myocardial infarction or risk, for example, that you might suffer from any disease in the future. That's not the topic. That's not the area we are dealing with. What we are doing is exclusively focusing on the so-called monogenic etiologies, which means there is one gene, there is one mutation within the gene, and we are aware what is typically the disease that's resulting as a consequence of that mutation. Most important that this is always a doctor's doctor's dialogue. Everything what we are doing in the genetic testing area, we are absolutely convinced about, should change the life of the patient, either by the way that the patient is getting aware what's the reason for his symptoms, 
maybe also counseling for the family members. Do not forget, we are talking on genetic diseases. Or even better, where we can recommend to change a treatment or to start the treatment for the individual patient. So independent of what technology we are using, whether it's the single gene Sanger sequencing, or especially in the more complex phenotypes, the whole exome genome, it always follows that general strategy. Well, in that regard, let's talk about the SENTA-MD database. Mm -hmm. What is it, and, and who is that designed for? Yeah, the CENTER-MD database, which means the CENTER-Gene the Mutation database, is actually the world's largest database, where we compiled all of the data from the meanwhile more than 150,000 patients we have diagnosed in the last years regarding the genetic data as well as the clinical data. And only the combination of the genotype together with the phenotype that really drives the significant progress in the improvement of the proper interpretation of the, of the genetic testing in our patient. And let me quickly explain this to you because this is so important. Just putting together some genetic mutations in a database, that's not really supporting the doctor. Only if the doctor gets an impression, what is the clinical picture, what are the symptoms that are resulting in the individual patient, and also focusing on the partially significant heterogeneity or prods of the different spectrum of the symptoms, that's really driving the benefit for the patient. And that's exactly the focus of the center MD, where we are combining the genetics together with the clinical symptoms. Because this gives you, in two directions, a significant improvement. On the one side, once you are identifying a specific mutation, you can immediately check what is the functional consequence clinically-wise, symptom-wise, in the individual patient. But you can also able to use it in the other way around, in the sense that you can sort or substratify patient cohorts in the sense that you are only interested in patients, for example, demonstrating the combination of the symptoms A, B, C, D, E, because this is what you are interested in, then you are extracting the clinical data of those patients in parallel also the genetic data, and then you are checking the genetic data in the sense of what is the common pattern in the genetic data in this very specific sub-cohort of patients that gives you on the one side a traumatic insight what further genes might drive the phenotype, or it might even give you the chance to identify and describe the first time a completely new gene that has not, no, never ever been de uh, described before. So CENTER-MD is the perfect uh, combination of genetic data in the rare disease environment plus the clinical symptoms of the patients. So the CENTER-MD database is being used to inform medical decisions, I imagine, therefore goes through some kind of a regulatory approval or... What's the status of that? Yeah, I would not phrase in form. I guess the first level for CENTER-MD is always supporting the quality of the interpretation because we label ourselves as the company with the most significant experience in the interpretation of individual mutations in different ethnicities. And again here, it's super important to be aware that an individual mutation in the Caucasian white population might have a completely different consequence in the black population or in the Asian population or whatever. Uh, so the, the improvement of the interpretation quality, that's the focus of the data bank beside all of the research activities we are interested in. Yes, we are actually in the FDA process. Hopefully we are finalizing this end of this year for getting the class two medically wise label, which underlines again the high level of quality of the data we compiled in the Center MD data bank. And how, how unique is that database? 
absolutely unique. Uh, it's on the one side quantity-wise, the largest one worldwide, and on the other side you can label this very easily with one parameter, and that means what is roughly the percentage of the mutation that has never ever been described before. It always depends a little bit on the gene, but as a mean value you can phrase 60% of the mutations and the, and the variants we're describing in that mutation database have never been described before, never in any publication or in any alternative data bank. And number two, it's very unique because it's the worldwide only data bank combining the genotype and the phenotype. Now, where does the data come from? From patients all over the world. Uh, right, so, are you taking this from public databases? Or are you doing no, 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 no. Always based on the patients we are diagnosing. Yeah, this is most important because otherwise you can never ever guarantee the quality. And the standardization of the quality is the most important argument for the FDA, for example, jumping in the discussion with us whether they are willing to follow the first time and actually the only data bank as a class two medical device. So, this is a unique database. Absolutely. With. with the, the medical history of the patient incorporated, so you know yeah. the phenotype and the genetic. Exactly, plus the genetic data for sure. Uh, the company recently announced a $28 million financing. How are you going to use that money? Well, even though Centrogene did very well in the last 10 years, and I guess what is rather unique, especially from the U.S. American perspective, is that we have been uh, able to earn money from the very beginning on. But for sure, the larger we are and the more significant we might be uh, uh, coming in the situation to identify competitors. And the competitors, you might be surprised, are not typically coming from the lab testing environment. It's more coming from the interpretation environment. And if you take a little bit of what's going on in the background, you're immediately realizing that all of the big IT-driven companies are spending billions in improving the interpretation of the genetic data, like Amazon, like Google, or like Apple. All of these companies are getting active in that field. Also, other biotechnology co companies, like Illumina, for example, might be interested, also the pharmaceutical companies. So to even push further on the growing of the company, we put the money on board. So uh, as you think about how this field has evolved, how do you see it changing near term for rare disease patients specifically? Well, I guess the genetic gives the patient on the one side really the chance to get diagnosed much more earlier. Uh, you have to be aware, sometimes, and it's really crazy, but that's reality, the medical diagnostic workflow might be hampered by the complexity just of how to organize transportation of a sample. That sounds crazy to the patient, but that's the fact. Or patients might be lately or misdiagnosed because doctors are not aware where is the laboratory able to offer that specific test. Or they might take the wrong sample, for example. You might need plasma, uh, but they're taking serum. So all of these small topics might drive the situation that patients at the end of the day misdiagnosed or traumatically lately diagnosed. The huge advantage of the DNA sequencing, the genetics, is it's such a simple and very standardized technology in the meanwhile. You can take your sputum, you can take a buccal swab, you can take some blood, or you can just take some, some cells from the skin. Everything is absolutely okay to do a genetic testing. So it further simplifies the genetic workflow, number one. Number two, the more patients are diagnosed worldwide, the easier will be the interpretation in the future. The easier the interpretation, most likely the earlier the patients are being diagnosed. And we have plenty of examples, especially in those diseases where we have in the meanwhile a treatment available, that it's very clear the earlier we are starting the treatment, the better is the overall prognosis, because, for example, we are protecting the further damaging of the organs 
or for example we are protecting irreversibility if the patient has uh, started developing a stroke or myocardial infarction the organ is gone and therefore it's really a must in the future to the benefit of the patients to start treatment in those patients suffering from rare genetic disorders as early as possible. Art Rolfs, CEO of Centigene. Art, thanks so much for your time. Today. It's my pleasure, thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.